0: United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. I'm Julie Mason. Knox Thames is visiting expert at the U.S. Institute of Peace with the Middle East and Religion and Inclusive Societies teams. He's a twenty year veteran of the State Department. He served across two administrations as special advisor for religious minorities in the Near East and South and Central Asia at the US Department of State. Follow him on Twitter at Knox Tames. Knox, welcome back.
1: Great. Thanks. Great to Good be to here. have you.
0: Really interesting about the uh, sort of t- uh, religious tensions in Ukraine and how that plays into the war. sitch. tell us about it.
1: Yeah, Ukraine is this uh, ancient bastion of Christianity that um, is under attack by another ancient bastion of Christianity. Uh, we've seen how Vladimir Putin has used um, the history of orthodox christianity in the region to create a justification for the attack on uh ukraine he talked about the need to expand the orthodox church to defend orthodoxy from western liberalism um, and uh, thus going into ukraine was part of an effort to uh, bring back what he sort of talked about as an errant flock back into the fold of the russian orthodox church of course the ukrainians beg to differ. Uh, the Ukrainian Christianity uh, actually predates Christianity in Russia. They have their own distinct form of orthodoxy. Um, it's been a, a source of pride for the Ukrainians. It's also been a source of um, uh, a way to invigorate the country. Uh, President Zelensky, while himself coming from a Jewish background, has done a really impressive job of reminding Ukrainians of their unique religious identity, uh, calling upon their patron saints uh, to defend. Protect the country, to help them in the, in the defense of the country. And because of that, I think uh, Putin, you know, he's miscalculated in so many different ways. He also miscalculated in how religion can help advance his goals, and it's actually strengthening Ukrainian uh, resistance to uh, his uh, aggressive actions.
0: Wow. You know, one thing I never quite understood about Putin was um, for all his nostalgia about the Soviet Union days. I mean, uh, those guys, did, they didn't like religion. They, you know, <laughs> you tried know. to suppress it. And, and so he in his embodiment of leadership in Russia has really brought the church back into some vibrancy. How did that serve him?
1: Well, you know, he, if, if your starting point is a Soviet communist atheism, then everything looks better. Um, but the the devil's bargain that's been brokered between the current patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church is really, I think, going to undermine the long-term viability of that ancient proud faith. Mm. Uh, patriarch Kirill is uh, buddies with Putin. They're both from St. Petersburg. And he is clearly thrown in his lot, the lot of the whole church, sadly, in with Putin's uh, political, such as it is, system and his aggressive war. Uh, Patriarch Kirill has you know, tried to give a religious justification for the, you know, the war crimes that are happening in Ukraine, and I think. The Russian people are smart enough to see that this doesn't comport with what they know about the Christian faith. Certainly Ukrainian Orthodox believers, and there are many who traditionally look to the Russian Orthodox church for spiritual leadership. They are now leaving in droves. Um, So this, while the church has been lifted up out of the ashes of complete domination during the Soviet period, it is on shaky ground. And I'm really worried that, its future has been mortgaged by this uh, devil's bargain. The current patriarch has struck with Putin.
0: Wow. Um, what about uh, other uh, representation of other religions in Ukraine? I mean, how are the Muslims doing there? And uh, I know there's one or two Protestants running around.
1: Oh, yeah. it's um, you know, Ukraine is not perfect. It, there are issues of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Um, but, you know, looking at the Former Soviet Union, Ukraine is a tremendous success story where you have different uh, expressions of orthodoxy living side by side. Yes, there's competition, but this, the, the government traditionally has created a, an open space where all three can be uh, expressed peacefully and without fear of repression. There's all different types of uh, Protestantism, Evangelicalism. The Catholic Church is present there. The Judaism is coming back. Um, Muslims are able to practice their faith freely uh, and, and those who don't believe in anything That's also uh, a, a large part of the uh, Sort of spiritual landscape And they don't experience any problems either So really Ukraine, when compared against Russia Is, is light years ahead And is much more European And frankly looks more like the United States Than um, Mother Russia does And how it treats religion interesting that
0: their uh the constitution in ukraine provides for sp- free expression of religious beliefs it also mm-hmm. asserts the separation of church and state uh right. which which we don't have here i mean it's a concept um, here but it's not in our constitution
1: yeah it's uh you know of course their h- history is very different than ours um mm. but i think we both share a commitment to um, a sort of secular government that uh, stands apart from religion. Of course, politicians will play on religious themes and will try to use it to stir up voters, to get them energized to vote. Um, but the government isn't establishing a faith and prohibiting others. You know, both are committed to um, protecting the free practice of faith, all belief and none. Um, and and individual citizens aren't discriminated against, don't expect Experience prejudice or limitations in their futures because they do or don't belong to a certain creed or religion,
0: and and much like here, um, faith does come into politics. I mean, people are so religious in Ukraine. Yeah. You write that it, it inevitably it becomes a factor in political affairs.
1: Yeah, it, uh, for sure. And in fact, at the U.S. Institute of Peace, uh, my colleague Peter Mendelblit and I, we just issued a report talking about the importance in the United States of protecting international religious freedom from the domestic partisanship that we see with um, discussions of religious liberty at home, Um, that the international work has traditionally enjoyed bipartisan support. Um, The international work is dealing with issues of literally life and death. um, While our fierce debates at home are usually at, much more nuanced nuanced points you know school support and issues like that um and so we uh, at yeah, usip had a uh, took advantage of this political moment to issue this report to say look religious freedom promotion abroad is a great expression of american values it's also critically important for national security i mean what we see with the protests in iran when when people are forced to behave uh, against their religious wishes like wearing the hijab um And and the state uses violence against them to enforce that. People will will rebel. People will fight back. And that leads to instability. So international religious freedom needs to be something that I hope right, left and center will continue to support. And it won't be used as a partisan tool um, as we near Election Day here at home.
0: Do you think the religious, uh, the, the religiosity, the religious nature of Ukraine is potentially a starting point for peace? Or does that provide some opportunities for peacemaking there?
1: Uh, yes, um, the uh, there's a broader coalition of churches called the World Council of Churches. Um, it's been engaging Patriarch Kirill of the Russian Orthodox Church. You know, Pope Francis has been speaking to his brother in faith, trying to encourage him to uh, stand up for peace. Um, religious actors have been key partners in delivering humanitarian aid to the refugees and those people at home. So. Faith, faith actors are going to be a key part in Reconstruction, and um, also they're going to be neighbors, regardless of however this war ends. And so if there's going to be peace, uh, I believe the church leaders will be a, a big part of that uh, solution set. They won't be able to do everything by themselves, but mm-hmm. they can't be left out either.
0: Knox Thames, visiting expert at the U.S. Institute of Peace. You can follow him on Twitter at Knox Tames. Knox, thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much. Have a good day. Great to talk to you.